0: Welcome to the show that gets Christians thinking about faith and politics. Get ready to challenge the status quo, expand your imagination, and tackle controversy head on. Let's stand together at the intersection of faith and freedom. It's time for the Libertarian Christian Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Libertarian Christian Podcast,
1: a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. I'm your host, Doug Stewart, and I am really excited to share this episode with you today. This was a fireside chat that Matthew Bellis, Norman Horn, and Jacob Winograd and I had a few weeks ago. It wasn't too cold. It's been cold lately here in Pennsylvania. And we got around a campfire and we shared some bourbon and we talked about politics and faith and which talk show hosts influenced us into becoming libertarians? So we really hope you enjoy this. Now, of course, since we were outside, we didn't have our standard microphones like you're hearing me now, because that would have been quite the feat to accomplish. But we tried something out where we were using these sort of travel lavalier mics for like iPhones and stuff. So we did that. And the audio came out eh, pretty horrible for like a podcast production, right? Like it's passable if you just wanted to listen to it the way you'd want to sort of listen to a meeting you recorded and you just have to get, you know, the facts down. But if you want to enjoy listening to something, it wasn't very enjoyable. However, what you're about to hear is actually very enjoyable. I reviewed the entire thing and Podsworth Media just does a fantastic job of making, well... I don't want to say this was garbage, but it was pretty bad if you were to compare the old audio to what you're about to hear. So, what you're about to hear is an exciting conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So, gentlemen, we're sitting around here as four separate hosts of the Christians for Liberty Network podcast network. And so, we have a lot to talk about. Tons of things to yeah, CFL. Yeah. Is it CFL or is it C4L? I'm gonna go with F now because okay. uh, I said so. <laughs> well, the the Center for Stainless Society uses the number four, and so I was kind of modeling that in our early iterations of communicating about it, but for it confused. A stainless Society, Stateless.
0: Oh, stainless. Yeah, stainless. Yeah, the stainless. carpet. The park? That's the uh, it's a subsidiary yeah. carpet mark. Mowen right. doesn't want stains on their carpets, and they no. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Of the steel <laughs> All kitchen appliances right. need to be stainless steel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, we are, were... Uh, nice. This is nice being around a fire and having an open-ended discussion, knowing that we're recorded and that we kind of have to fill the gaps of what we're saying. Yeah. Yet, I'm much more relaxed. It has nothing to do with the bourbon industry. Yeah, uh, so this bourbon. segment is not sponsored by Woodford Reserve. I'll just say yeah. that. <laughs> this is just the... We're calling it the Woodford segment. Nonetheless. <laughs> Although, if they wanted to, that'd be really cool.
1: Yes. Well... They can go to libertarianchristians.com slash donate and give. Yeah, As can all of you. Yeah. I would commit if they did give, it would be my bourbon of choice, son, for sure. But <laughs> so, in other words, you can be bought. I can be bought. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I will say this. It is sort of my bourbon of choice because it hits that middle ground of price point and quality. Okay. Uh, it's not ultra expensive. It's <laughs> not bottom shelf. And it also, it's just, I like the smokier stuff and it gets in that direction without being...
2: Super expensive. I agree. So. That's fair. Now we have the first ad already. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <you> get, it's <laughs> without, it, without it's good enough for Doug and Norman. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we, no. we really could have set that up any better. Well, that, you isn't, know, like, isn't that like the best way to advertise like bourbon? Though, like instead of no. like, you don't want to upsell it. It's like, listen, this is good. It's cheap enough. You can drink it. Th- that's like the best endorsement you can give. Yeah. Well, unless you do I want to get too. Real, I get too frilly unless beer.
1: you're a real bourbon snob and it's like your whole. Your whole stick whole is thing. to make sure people know that you have $300 burp. Now, see, here's right. the thing.
0: I have a theory about snobs. Is that the whole concept... You, I mean, with the, the fact that you have
1: a theory about snobs is kind of snobbish. It <laughs> well,
0: is a little bit snobbish. But you know the whole idea of imposter syndrome, right? Okay. Everybody who would be a professed snob suffers the most from imposter syndrome. So mm. There's an inverse correlation of snobbery and imposter syndrome? I wouldn't say inverse, but at least it correlates to the idea that if I'm going to be snobby about this one thing in the world, then I'm going to oversell my like or distaste for certain things to the point that you don't start to realize that I don't know what I'm talking about whatsoever and really can't taste the difference in the different bourbons so anymore. Anyway. So XKCD will, the, the comic will disagree with you there. I mean, uh, and he can. And that's where he would be yeah, and have... Two philosophers. Kind or of... oh, please don't put me on that. But... One One debate stage. Oh, my it's word.
1: Channeling, channeling some uh, keynes Hayek rap there, but, you know... Yeah, man. you sure are. That's some, that's some OG that's libertarian a cool, yeah. movement stuff there. Sorry if I get you, Norman. That's all right. We were talking earlier about origins of our own libertarian, I guess, genesis, yes. or whatever. And I thought some of your your guys' answers were funny. We may need to recap. That would be but good. That would be good. Yeah. Mine's on. Mine is on record on LCI's website, and I didn't tell you guys earlier, but while you guys were apparently watching pop news items, the way I got into this was literally my future father-in-law at the time handing me off, hunted off copies of articles of Mises and Hayek. Really? I'm
0: not joking. <laughs> He didn't know what he was getting himself into. <laughs> it's usually whenever the father-in-law finds out that you read Mises' Hike. He's like, oh, no, look who's coming. Yeah, I know. It was coming from my daughter? <laughs> and uh, Now, in this case, it was... Probably
1: said that anyway. I mean, he probably said that anyway. That's yeah, so. possible. You'd have to ask him. But at any rate, he was uh, curious as to how I would read such things. And I was absolutely fascinated by it. And I immediately went to the website that was on the printout, which was www.mises.org and subscribe to the Daily <laughs> Articles then the rest is history. Really? Yeah. Uh, so is, you're a f- long is, subscriber then? is your
2: father-in-law a libertarian?
1: In a lot of ways, yes. We have sparred on various things over the years and okay. I don't need to get into is that. Is Trump
2: the most libertarian president? Your father-in-law? <laughs> we haven't gotten into that. I mean, over Ever. time,
1: I would say he has softened to various views that I have held or that rather I do hold, but he would definitely more self-identify as a conservative overall. He's much more into Hayek, for instance, than he is Rothbard. Okay, well, look, I can work with you. That's fine.
0: And my father-in-law is fantastic, and don't get me wrong We're not going to have to fight against him in the wars, though. Well, right, not- you know, the thing is, is that Jack
1: is probably as big as you are bigger. Oh, really? So, yeah, if you were to fight, it would be, still be a problem. It would still be a problem. Yeah. Well, He also carries way bigger guns.
0: I have no doubt. (laughs) Metaphorically or literally? Oh,
3: literally. (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: Well, you you, uh, are real. turned out just all right. Yeah, yeah, she's all right. I think you're all right. right.
1: (laughs) I think he's a good guy. That's fantastic. What else did you note about our our libertarian genesis stories in our earlier conversation (laughs) over dinner? Well, I just thought it was funny that it started with essentially pop news hosts, (laughs)
2: <laughs> Never and I, I said that,
1: you know, lovingly. It was oh, I joking. see. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That, so I said that Glenn Beck was sort of my gateway to yeah. Ron Paul. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Matt said that Rush Limbaugh yep. Yeah. was you, was his gateway <laughs> well, to who? To Ron Paul or to something a little different? A little different. Yeah. Right. It was Way just funny because, I mean, in both cases, you're talking about like that something they said took you down a line of thought. That then enabled you to kind of move past. Well, it was the, consistency. Yeah. It was for, consistency. For, for Beck, it was, I'm a libertarian at heart. And I was like, what does, so what that, does that mean? That mean? Yeah. So I figured out what that meant. And then I would be like, well, no, you're not, Beck. Like he might yeah. be more that now. I think, I think Michael Malice's appearance on his show probably really helped him move along a lot faster. Yeah. But in any case, <laughs> well, that was um, in the way of the future, though. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was like, like, recently to now, but yeah. 15, 20 years ago, something there, I'm listening to Beck and he's like, huh? I'm like, but you're libertarian to harp, but, and I wanted something consistent. And Matt, it sounds like you're a little, well, retell your story from the Rush. Because it was pretty funny. Issue about Rush Limbaugh. Well, it was
0: very fascinating because Rush was rather dogmatic about being conservative and being small government and being limited government and having a free and open market and capitalist society and you know, all that kind of ideology. And I would listen to him semi-regularly. And there was one time where he was on his show and he said, there is one area, though, where conservatives do want to be big government. And that's in areas of drugs. And we can't let the drug war go on. And as he's saying that, I'm not necessarily making the connection with the drug war, but I'm saying, hold on, what you're saying does not comport fully with what you are basing a lot of your arguments upon. So either your arguments are based on pragmatism, on how you feel about the certain situation, or you are actually small and limited government. I said, that just doesn't feel right. And then I had heard actually somebody who would sub for Rush a lot that you probably I mean Walter know Walter Williams. Walter Williams, And he was very much a consistent libertarian, small government guy. And so I started to listen to more Walter Williams. And he would talk about, I Friedman. and then I'd start yeah. listening to oh, yeah. Milton Friedman, and then I'd go down the path of Hayek and Rothbard, and I was listening to John Stossel, and it just starts to go on and on and on, and you start to tumble into this idea of, hold on a second, where I was before and where I am now are completely different areas, but it starts with the dissonance and yep. the incongruency that I heard. No, we have to have a big government to fight drugs, yet everywhere else, big government's bad. I thought, wait a second. Try to that circle for yeah. Yeah. So yeah, pop host in the talk sphere really at least got me thinking. And I actually, when I heard Walter Williams died was was a very uh very mm. sad day for me, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one guy that I wish I could have met. Yeah, both Walter Williams and Thomas Soul would, I think, sub for yeah. Rush upon occasion. Would Thomas Soul sub for him? I thought he did.
1: Am I wrong? He you I right, maybe we I'm forgetting. Him. I don't know. Thomas Sowell is one of those people who is notoriously difficult to get on an interview, So I'm yeah. kinda of wondering if that's what I mean, maybe, maybe he was a maybe he was a frequent guest, I or occasional guest. But uh Thomas Sowell is similar is really
0: Well, whenever you hear about really him on an good. interview, it's hard not to like the guy, I have to say. Oh, he's, oh, he's super cool. Yeah. 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 So
1: <laughs> I was listening to a um it was years ago, I remember somebody's talking about a Thomas Sowell article and they had a student who had to read a Thomas Soul article and their report of it was all about how he was he was wrong or whatever. <laughs> and it was like, I forget what the content was, but it had to do with the fact that they had no idea that Thomas Soul was black. Yeah. And wow. they made They're remarks like, about... This? That's a racist <laughs> article. Yeah, yeah no it, was something I don't like, it was something like that. It was like, oh, yeah, really? By yeah, the way, did you know that Nicole mm-hmm. Hannah-Jones, who was the 1619 Project leader, founder, whatever, mm-hmm. said that basically, if someone ever recommends that she reads Thomas Soul then she's gonna instantly block them on Twitter.
2: <laughs> oh, challenge accepted.
0: Is she still on Twitter? Does she <laughs> back? Did she pay? Did she pay? I don't know. Jeez.
1: So J- Jacob, you. It turned out that I noticed today, as we were having dinner earlier, that you are an example of somebody who was on the left, and you were, for lack of a better word, right now converted by the sort of Mises Caucus way of doing libertarianism, (laughs) which is allegedly not really good at trying to convert the left. So
2: how did that happen for you? You and Eric. Yeah. No, it's a funny story. I mean, and certainly there were other people who contributed to sort of my intellectual journey. I mean, actually Thomas Sowell, who was just brought up with someone who helped meaningfully challenge my or left critical analysis of inequalities and, and things like that. And to have you know, to at least ponder different solutions to racial inequalities besides just like you know standard government racist. intervention. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, but no. I mean, it definitely. I mean, it was a few different people and groups and conversations. I remember yes. Early on, I watched a podcast that uh Dave Smith did on the Sam Cedar show, and when I was on the left, I watched a lot of the Young Turks and Sam Cedar and whatnot. And I was kind of a Bernie Sanders Democrat, kind of- and. Chank um,
0: makes my skin crawl. I'm sorry. I Yeah, listen to he's guy. so,
2: yeah, yeah. Today uh, he's become so cringe. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> it's, yeah, anyway. And I remember them having a conversation and that was the first time I had ever heard Dave Smith brought up the idea of fiat currency and the Federal Reserve and and all that. And then I started talking to Mises Caucus people. This was after Trump was elected. And Trump definitely, you know, is someone I have to oddly give some credit to Really? kind of like tilling the soil of my ideological garden, so to speak. Because so I, it was funny because, like, all, all us Bernie Sanders Democrats like hated Hillary Clinton, you know, meaning mm. hated. And because she well,
1: represented and, more of the establishment oh, than yeah. the radical. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And then I remember one of the first chinks in the armor was when, as soon as Bernie wasn't getting the nomination, suddenly half the Bernie camp went, All right, well, now we got to for Hillary because Trump is Hitler. And I wasn't immediately on board with that. I was like, well, hold on a second. Like, we just spent like the last six months, like literally calling this woman the devil. And now I'm supposed to vote for her. Like, it just didn't sit right. But, you know, I felt the peer pressure. I was younger. And I kind of like held my nose and did what I thought was my civic duty. But... To vote for the warmonger? Yeah, to vote for the, the warmonger. You know, it's funny. My favorite joke to make. Now, sometimes people will just call me alt-right or whatever because... That's something that people like to call libertarians and people who are associated with the Mises Caucus or that type of libertarian. And I can tell people, like, I have never voted for a Republican. Actually, that's not true. I voted for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, but no, like, the first wow. year after Trump was elected, it just my understanding of the world felt completely apart. And I still didn't like Trump, but I was like, I just couldn't ignore how... The media went so hard after Trump for things that I just didn't care about. And the things I did care about, you know, back then, I was very much anti war and I was anti drug war. And I was, I mean, the only thing that the Democrats really attacked him on that I cared about, I still care about, you know, is like border policy and stuff. But for the most part, I just felt like the left was going down a path I couldn't follow. And I was still a Christian. I, I never stopped being pro life. And a pro leftist, yeah, say? yeah. I was, I was a zebra <laughs> among horses, and anyway, I <laughs> think
0: amongst <laughs> all. Yeah, <laughs> wait a second,
1: wait a <laughs> second. Do you mean, yeah. don't you mean to say like a zebra among donkeys? <laughs> yeah, there, there you a go. Good one. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: even better. Yeah. A wild Arabian stallion. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. Seven counties. laughs> Don't, <chain down. laughs> Don't chain down
2: this racehorse. <laughs> yeah, about, about the time of 2018, I was just kind of like, I considered myself an independent and moderate, and just I started being more open to looking into different ideas. I kind of flirted with kind of like the Ben Shapiro style of conservatism, but it didn't quite fit me because we had obviously differences in foreign policy. And then I fell in, you know, instead no. of hearing more about libertarians and- Oh, so you
0: I, just don't enjoy talking fast. It was more ideological.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, is your wife a doctor too?
2: No, no, oh,
0: okay.
2: she's not. Oh. But, Gosh. Um, yeah, no, but it's, it's with Ben Shapiro. I, people always say he talked fast. But see, I, I have a background in speech and debate. And when you're in speech and debate, Ben Shapiro oh. sounds slow.
0: Yeah, no. Because yeah, if
2: you've ever been to like formal debate, I mean, they talk at like a yeah. million miles a minute and it's yeah. insane. But- um. But yeah, I'm going to a local philosophy politics talking group, and there was a lot of Mises caucus people there. And they introduced me to Rothbard, to, to Mises, obviously, and um, the hard and, stuff. Uh, I was given, also given a told to listen to the audiobook, Freedom by Adam Kokesh, back when he was. Uh, t- I <laughs> have not
0: heard that name in so
2: long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that well, I, I, yeah, I, I, listen, age, I have not heard. But, yeah, so, <laughs> so i would tell you that I long So, time. so yeah, right, yeah, for a long time. Going back to the Star <laughs> Wars talk. <right> <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you for giving
1: my reference. Yeah.
2: So there was, yeah, there was a lot of different things that kind of converged, but definitely people I met in the Mises podcast kind of introducing me to the right writings and podcasts and books and stuff is kind of what brought me along. And there's a whole idea that, and believe me, I get it, the modern left, in a lot of ways, it's like, when you look at a lot of the cultural stuff, the modern left seems to really focus on well, with like the trans rights activism and Straight the, the up cultural, schools, cultural Marxism yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. That's not the left I grew up with. And I still think there's a lot of people out there like me who would consider themselves on the left, but... That isn't what they care about. What they truly care about is injustice. What they yeah. truly care about is is even inequality. And I would say something libertarians, I think, sometimes don't pay enough lip service to is inequality. I mean, obviously, I understand, as Rothbard said, egalitarianism is a revolt against human nature. But radical inequality—one thing to have natural inequality, but radical inequality caused by the crony capitalism we have has, now certainly causes social instability and certainly sure. causes— issue that libertarians care about. And really, what I care about in my passion and my heart, those things haven't changed. Everything I care about that I cared about in 2015, I still care about. I just realized that the solutions that I thought we needed were wrong. I realized that when Bernie Sanders said we got to get money out of politics, I realized getting money out of politics is like getting the stickiness out of glue. I mean, it's yeah. just like they're-, no, they're, they're Unless they're,
0: you're willing to go completely anti-tax- you're not going to get it out of now. now are yeah. we going to have to talk about thermodynamics again?
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Why? Right. Sticking it. Even sticking the alcohol.
1: I mean, for oh jeez. Oh, like, wow. And there's some thermodynamics happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Just lit this fire. Is up, that guy, the second or third. Wow. Whoa. Wow. There, there we go. Oh my. Okay. There right. we go. And now things are heating up. <laughs> he's uh, he's throwing
0: advanced organic though.
1: molecules onto a fire <laughs> and uh, and causing climate change while he's at it. How dare you, sir? Dare I have to off- I have offsets the, off- the offsets of the rich. <laughs> to, 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 finish, to
2: finish off my point, I think it was Matt earlier saying that the conservatives talk about limited government, but obviously love big government when it comes to controlling certain things like drugs or certain social things. And, it, and it's funny, it's like, to get a conservative to become a libertarian, it's not so much about like convincing them of correct economics. So that's part of it. But it's sort of like getting them to relinquish the idea of having to control certain aspects of yeah. society. Mm. And to the sort of leftist I was, it was the opposite. It was like, I had no desire in my heart to control society other than what I thought was needed to be done on the economic level. Yeah. But as soon as I was kind of like instructed on proper economics, that fell to the wayside. So I think there is still a remnant on the left of people, you know, yeah. I think of ex-Bernie Bros or people, I think of someone like, like Tulsi Gabbard even— she kind of embodies, in some ways, the sort of leftist I was, although her recent turn into endorsing a bunch of Republicans is certainly confusing. Well,
0: that does beg the question, do you still believe that the workers should control the means of production?
2: No, no, no. See, it's democratic socialism.
0: Yeah, I gotcha, no. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, As long it. as they vote.
2: To as long as it's
0: democracy. It's so
1: I think the left often thinks that the word democracy is a sort of a stand-in for voluntary because it's like... yes, And it's <laughs> sort of a proxy Okay, so because I think they think that if it's done democratically, then we've all decided together, this is what we're doing.
2: And in some ways, I'd be like... Or that
0: democracy gives them the moral authority for something if
2: the American flag is the idol on the right, democracy is the idol on the left. Yeah. Yeah. Well it so only it the only God makes G-mod. sense
1: yeah. in the context f- of a group that has agreed yes. to abide by the decision. The oh, moment right. that
2: you the moment that you exit that, it doesn't matter how democratic it is. <laughs> only someone had written a book about how democracy <laughs> with a God that fails. Ah uh, yeah only, Well, I, I think of the law from Bastiat and how, you know, what I learned
1: is like, you know, if this neighborhood that we're sitting in decide, you know what, we don't want to have to protect our own homes. We're going to hire somebody to patrol the streets and we're going to agree to do this. We're going to pay them, make sure that they protect us and so forth. Then you could say that that's a voluntary organization of people doing things. And I think that the left thinks that any sort of democracy, which is simply majority rule, is equivalent to that. And therefore, it's like, well, it was democratically chosen, and so therefore, we need to do
0: this. You follow that logic, and then you just go right back to might is right, and then you got jackbooted thugs.
2: Well, and you get some... What if 95%... What if it requires,
1: just like hypothetical here, and devil's advocate as well. Let's say that democracy is not 51%, but 95%. Would it be acceptable to say that like, okay,
2: 95% of people decided that we want... Fire protection, and that you don't need force if you, need, if you have 95% consensus. You don't need force to make it happen. Well, and that's really the answer. And
0: that 95% yeah. can pay for it. And the other 5 yeah, probably would have already happened
1: because yeah. 95% of people probably use Amazon, therefore Amazon. I use. think
2: the best argument yes. yeah. for democracy comes from Mises because he kind of talks about how democracy sort of is like the modern day replacement for like kind of like feudal wards and stuff. That like instead of people having to take up arms, pitchforks against each other to solve disputes. They do it democratically. And there's something like in, from a poetic level of analysis that kind of makes a little bit of sense. Uh, well,
0: there you go, bringing feudalism do it. Yeah, yeah. But I
2: think, you know, I think democracy is like anything. I think it's a tool. I think democracy has its pros and cons. And I'm a staunch anarchist, but I'm not against democracy if it's done in the right setting, in the right way. The issue within democracy, the issue is force. I think there's something that can be appreciated about trying to, like, you know, obviously come to a consensus about decision making within a. Do you on, oh, on fire there?
0: Right. Yeah. That's hey, on fire. Ember. Yeah. thanks. Out of the embers. Where's my bread again, please. Okay. There, there. Sorry, Jacob. So, right.
1: what you're saying is you're in favor of democracy <laughs> as long as it's democratic <laughs> democracy. Throw, throw right, my <laughs>
0: I'm just on fire. It's okay. Stop, I mean, job,
2: no, and roll. You get to use it. You know, I, it. I, I, I went from bashing democracy to trying to play devil's advocate yeah, well, for it. And then Matt caught on fire. You know, and so, you know, I mean... And I slapped his butt. Yeah. Wow. Using wow. you know,
0: accelerants, Doug.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. See, Doug, Doug, and Doug chose the anti-libertarian and very strange things. <laughs> <story.
2: laughs> Doug chose the easy but hard road, which mm-hmm. is what statists do. Very good. Easy, oh. but hard.
1: Well, See, you, this is the proper way to say that that was a nice roast around this fire. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Jacob right, was just right. saying that he's only for democratic democracy. So here's here's what I take issue with with what you just said, Jacob, is that the problem is that you've tried to disentangle a lot of entailments that the modern democracy can't let go of. Yes. So democracy in the political sense is very different from a voting process that a group undergoes to make a decision. Robert's Rules of Order is actually a fairly praxeological way of going about making a decision for a group. And that involves what amounts to a voting process. And we're well aware, based on whether or not, maybe if you've been involved in a Libertarian party, or maybe you've been involved in a Republican party or some process there, or any group that is, you're about to catch on fire there, Jacob. Yeah, I know. Watch it. But... Any group that has a large I mean
2: number of personal privilege. Can okay. right back my chair up? Yeah, quick. <laughs> quite a personal privilege. We're going to uh, release uh, the weightless. I don't
0: use gendered language. I'm <laughs> 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 sorry. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a wrap. <laughs> okay. okay, go ahead. Yeah.
2: But I didn't leave the left. The left left me. We didn't leave on
0: Pilbury Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reference. After a couple of woodwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. Like, the voting
1: process for a group to make a decision is logical. Mm. The question is, like, what's the force of backing behind it? Yes. So, it's not even necessarily, like, this is the irony of, like, even the objection to voting, per se. is like, it's not that voting in itself is the problem, okay? Voting is not the problem. The problem is the use of force. Yeah. And it always is. It always goes back to the now and these kind of
2: pre-held principles that are behind all of this. Well, that's why I I have such a, and this is like another one of the through lines I have from my time on the left to now, is just, and I know we talked earlier, Matt, libertarian sin, is a bit of a flag waver. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And this is like a difficult... Needle to thread because I understand the context of the society I live in, and being anti-American in mean, my rhetoric is certainly going to turn a lot of people off. <laughs> so, I, 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 I don't want to redefine that. It's not I mean anti-American it's anti-American government.
0: Well, but <laughs> it's so the so, federal
2: yeah, government. <laughs> so, so and again, this is a difficult needle to thread. Right, there's something about the American mythology, so to speak, and I also have some issue with. That cherry tree, and, and tree had it coming. There's a baby in the bathwater, right? Like, the <laughs> idea that there was people who moved them. here for religious freedom who then found themselves under the control of a tyrannical government and wanted to declare their independence, I obviously don't have any issue with. More the modern American mythology that's developed that I have some issue with. And it ties into democracy no, almost where... like a, a civil religion? Yeah, something like uh-huh. that. But this idea don't know, that, like... The reason why so many people justify... Yeah, we goading,
0: the, you know... Yeah. Hey,
2: I, mean, I had to stoke the fire somehow. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, you're doing it more naturally than Doug did. Um. <laughs> For
1: those of you who are not watching well, this on video, course, which is literally 100% of you, because I'm we're not, not, recording, it's not, not recording, recording on video... Yeah.
0: I, uh, I have the FBI. <laughs> I just, don't know what you guys want face. This is for the non-NSA. I,
3: your uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I uh, apologize I, to our CAI. Tell, tell, our me, right tell them
1: the technical, uh, things. Tell them technically, what did I do with a bottle of liquid? You
0: squirted... Lighter fluid on the fire. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: I was hoping for something more intelligent than I sported lighter fluid on the fire. All right, took a chemical
2: accelerant to a flame.
0: Yeah, there
1: we go. There there, right.
2: There's something, I think, that the American uh, uh, civil religion, as you put it, which is a more eloquent term, is, is and this ties into the danger of <laughs> democracy. People sort of embody democratic decisions, even ones that they voted against, as to, well— we did this. Yeah, We decided uh, yeah. Yeah. to do this. Democracy, government is
1: the stuff we do together. Right. The, the government, government right. President Obama. And, right. and
2: that intrinsically gets tied into things like the flag and all that stuff because of things like the Pledge of Allegiance Which, and the National Anthem and just... Yeah. what well, we and, inculcate and so, those
1: values. Yeah. and The so, public
2: school system. We have a... Uh, uh, um, <laughs> language.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> it's our okay. government school system. Oh, air, air, air. oh, oh, oh. Right, right. I used to, I used to, system. I used to equivocate and be right. like, "All right, you know what? I'll call it public because that's what everybody else calls it." I refuse to do that anymore. Okay, really? that's fair. Yeah. I was like, "Did I use a four-letter word?" And I didn't realize. <laughs> no. <it?"> wow. Yes, <laughs> public school. Public, public is this. Are you going? Really? Because like, okay, he school, thinks that's <laughs> a four-letter word. P-B-L-C. P-B-L-I-C.
3: Public four-letter word.
0: Sorry, I will have to say though. And I think it's very fascinating to see people's genesis that really it's what tends to set us on a libertarian track at the end point is just being challenged on our presumptions. Mm. And when we are able to walk down the path and say, well, wait a second, things aren't adding up here and start to try and get some sort of semblance of reason behind everything. That's what tends to lead people to a libertarian mindset. And so... If we have a culture here is pushing on one side, government authoritarianism, our Christian mindset, then we have to say, well, if we believe that libertarianism is a good and right way to order our political and public life, then wouldn't God have something to say about that? And wouldn't those things intrinsically mesh? And I have to say, that's where I think the joy that I found within my faith and understanding libertarianism is realizing that these things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. But they're very much intertwined with how God would want us to order our public life. You know, if you look at ancient Israel, the beginnings of Israel was pretty libertarian, it was very oh, yeah. uh, free form.
2: Uh, there was no king in the land of Israel. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was <laughs> literally repeats that. In the- well, half a dozen times. You're cool. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah we're, Matt's still spit and fire. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've had the switch. i switch getting lit, and lit, fire and didn't lit on fire. Oh, <laughs> Take a step back, Matthew. And I don't know what Doug just poured, but tastes like uh, this is the like fuel into my. Uh, <laughs> this is the Lafleurig segment <laughs> of so our. Are we jet, jet fuel <laughs> or something? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so this is the Lafleurig segment of our. Oh, boy, of our episode where things get a little <laughs> smoky. Okay. Um, oh, right. A little peaty, right. as what they say. What if it's melt steel beans? Yeah. Uh, oh <laughs> uh, yes. This <laughs> would <stayed> be... <laughs> steel beans. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, you introduced me to single malt scotch mm. oh, in man. 2020. I'm so, I'm so glad that I did. I had... Until 2020, yep. I had... Actually, this untrue. In late 2019, Sounds I was... I tried those $2 bottles that you get the liquor Just to be <laughs> like, what is this like? I don't know if I'll like it. That kind of thing. And then... After lockdowns, I can say now, because they're probably okay. not going to come after us, because we need amnesty, right? Amnesty. Um, right. Um, oh, yeah. We, we, uh, need, we need to each uh, You and I, other. You and I hung out. Care. You and I illegally hung out together yeah. within six feet of each other around this very campfire. With Jeff. A little different position in our yard. But yeah. yeah, well. And you introduced me to single mold scotch, and you ruined me, right. man. My bank account is lower.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, actually, if you want to take a look at Scotch and just alcohol and spirits in general, there's definitely a libertarian track to all of that, which is very fun to, to look into the history of. Although the taxing of alcohol and liquor is also very unlibertarian in certain history standpoints, right. but very fascinating stuff. Well, so, you
1: got into prohibition earlier on your genesis, and that's one of the strange little hangups that a lot of people have. Right. Like the drug war in general right. is something that Christians actually have kind of a problem understanding at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, can,
0: you know, can I tell you about that though? Okay. It was actually my dad. I remember this because I was really young. I was about seven years old. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this was late 80s. And my dad was having a conversation with me like an adult. And i that's one of the things I always enjoyed about my dad. But he said, you know, Matt, what if, Drugs aren't really the problem. It's our response to them. And what if we need to allow people, the drug addicts are going to do what they're going to do, and the people who are not drug addicts, they're going to be against them. And so we should just take the penalties off of drugs completely and have a free-for-all. And my seven-year-old brain was exploding. I was like, seven? I I was seven. Yeah. Wow. And and I was thinking, wow, this is an irresponsible father. (laughs) I was saying, no, there's no way. That's impossible. Absolutely not. But he's like, Well, it makes sense, don't you think? I was like, You can't be serious. I'm not sure right? My seven-year-old knows what drugs are. I listen, I was <laughs> an advanced child and LA. Uh, yeah. But anyhow, I was very much taken back by it because I was thinking that drugs, bad, government punishing drugs and people who do drugs, good, right? But even then he started to challenge that thought process. And later on down the road, I realized, wait a second, there's actually something to that.
1: Yeah. So, anyhow. Hi, everyone. This is Norman Horn. If you're enjoying this podcast, you may want to check out the others in the Christians for Liberty Network, such as my own Faith Seeking Freedom podcast, where I take listener submitted questions about liberty and give brief but engaging answers that you can use and share. The Christians for Liberty Network is dedicated to bringing you content that you will love to learn from, and we appreciate your support. Now, let's get back to the show. And I hope you check out the FSF podcast soon. I want to bring up something. Jacob, you were talking about this whole American vision, way of life, mythology. And thinking about, hey, what what might we talk about today? This is the one thing that I was like, you know what? I think I want to bring this up. Just kind of get a sense. Because Matt and I have talked about this from time to time. With respect to how American... How much can you love the ideals of America and still be a true libertarian? Ooh. Because...
2: Cool. She, cool. I just I got one on fire. Ow. All
1: right, it's coming for all of us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jacob, you're next, unless you've already been burnt. Wow. A piece of wood just basically I have a hard time. on my forehead. I, I think I, for
2: Hillary's, had the mark of the beast on me already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, dude. God. Man. Let's yeah, so going nuts. <laughs> no,
1: no, we're
0: good. I, I really want <laughs> you to continue hard this line of things anymore. because I really like it. So. Well, I know you would.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think you and I, of the four of us, are probably more on the one side, and I'm guessing... Jacob and Norman might be a little bit less enthusiastic on our side. Who knows? I don't oh, know. and you're going to be the voice of reason and all. No, no, I'm thinking. I'm <laughs> thinking this might be of division. I think we might find there's like two of us on one side, two of us on the other, really? and we'll okay. see where this goes. Okay. So
0: everybody knows. Oh, that's good scotch. <laughs> yeah. Oh so it my. It, gosh.
1: It's good. That's it, really. It's, good. And it's not the price of vodka. <laughs> is it? No, yeah, that's yeah, really that's good. good. No. I like
0: that. Um, um,
1: my sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
0: that's spoken like a real burning bread. There, what did you say? I'm <laughs> upstairs
3: when I get home. What I said, it's coming
2: out of my You're shirt after drinking that. My dad, he
1: would. Uh, my dad had this saying that was kind of funny, and I didn't quite understand it until I was an adult. But oh he would no. be like, there'd be something spicy that he would serve you. Or something along these lines. He didn't drink, so this wouldn't be the context at which he would say something like that. He'll be like, Yep, yeah, it'll put hair on your chest or take it off, whichever your problem is.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. I get it. So, We're the uh, man, though. in any but, case,
1: yeah, no, but that's fine. Good. Good. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's quality, quality data. Yeah, I, I didn't get it so much later in life. But anyway, <laughs> Matt and I have talked about this. From time to time, I think Matt and I are often on the same. He's a flag waver. I'm not a flag waver. He's not a flag waver, but you're not like you're not judgmental of flag wavers, I guess. Whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah. I I get why they do. You just just twiddle around your hands. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
3: I
1: have, for the last few years, about a year or so now, I've been investigating like critical race theory with an open mind as possible, and I just cannot relinquish the fact that I am a sort of American liberal in the... Classical. The sense. classical sense the of like, we believe sense. in freedom, the Jeffersonian sense yeah. that this truly is the way that we are to treat all humans. It's the moral, ethical position that we are to treat people as individuals. We are not to treat somebody based on their skin color, based on whatever it is, whatever tribal affiliation you might want right? to come up with. And that particular American ideal is better than anything we've come up with so far. And I'm not saying that this would be forever, 500 years from now, they might have a, they might, people in the future (laughs) might say, hey, we're going to tweak it this way and it would still abide by the the non-aggression principle and it would still remain as ethical.
0: Is there going to be a group of guys sitting around a campfire saying, hey, you remember America? There was some stuff there that wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. We should probably mimic them. Well, it was yeah. a stepstone. You know, Jonah. Yeah. I think it was Jonah
1: Goldberg that kind of convinced me of this in his book Suicide of the West and just sort of saying that, like, look, there's a point at which you can't just keep improving on how we treat other people. Mm. You could actually act it out, but, like, in terms of a philosophy of how do you regard others as individuals, we've kind of arrived. And that sounds a little bit hubristic, but I don't the, think Deirdre McCloskey think, would say that. You don't. Know, no, I'm saying not. it's not hubristic. Oh, correct. It's, well, that whole idea that you let others have a go, is her phrasing. Yeah. It's just like, I don't understand how that's anti-Christian. I right. don't understand how that's anti-progress. Right. I don't understand how that is. An, first of all, I don't understand also how that's a white supremacist sort of statement.
0: That's crazy. Which is, which
1: is allegedly the case. Um, well, only by a very small minority of people want to make that Well, claim. true. That's true. and you don't, just,
2: you don't want to relinquish the power of your white privilege status.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes,
2: Unless you're That's Jewish, how, how, you how Doug is
1: a, is a <laughs> multi-trillionaire yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah, that was sarcasm, just in case I'm yeah, lagging yeah. anti-Semitism yeah, seriously. This comment. <laughs> it's, not so, a, so, it's not a Doug-waving session.
2: You've <laughs> already been hit with
1: that. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so. The question that I would like sort of pose is like, how much can you say? You know, what I really value the ideals of America that it isn't living up to. We can all agree that it sure, sure, absolutely, oh yeah, and that the. Sure. But here's the thing: it's not that it's not just living up to it. It's that the correction that people want to take it in, like the progressive left, the woke left, however you want mm-hmm. to name it, they want to take it in a fundamentally different direction from equality of individuals. Right, and, and so does the right, <laughs> and that's fair. Fair enough. At the end of the day, I think that the vision of American values is still worth holding on to. Oh, yeah. And if that is how you describe American exceptionalism, I think we can say that that's okay. Yeah. I don't I, think I, that that means that we can say, oh, well, America, rah, 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 we're the best country. Except for you can say that we were founded on the ideals that gave us a vision for what a world could look like if we just simply lived by them. Yeah. And
3: yeah, I, I feel I, I like think I need that, to apologize and, for and, that.
1: Those, and
0: Doug, that ain't bad.
1: Yeah. The trick here to me is kind of like this question of what is nationalism? Hmm. Well, now we're talking about nationalism. Okay, go ahead. Well, I think this is intrinsically related. Okay, go ahead. Because if what we mean by I love my country or I love America is kind of a
0: nationalist question, would you agree with that? And that's the thing. It's, I don't it's know, kind know if of I like agree. what we're talking about with feminism is that. You have to right, start that's to a get different com- Okay, well, what I'm well you have, you to, you a have to get to the base definition of terms, what okay, okay. Everybody agrees upon them, those things. Okay,
1: sure. So I guess where I'm going with this then is that there's two threads of thought that I think they're going to need to get disambiguated. Okay, in the discussion, one is that's
0: use of terms. By the way, I am full of two dollar words <laughs> and twenty dollar scotches. Sir.
1: <laughs> I promise you, this is not twenty dollars
0: scotches. Not uh, well, okay. And that's fine.
1: But maybe $20 bourbons. How about that? Whatever. But it doesn't matter. Anyhow. If what we are discussing with respect to whether we want to call it nationalism or we want to call it American exceptionalism sure. or we want to call it I love Americaism, or whatever ism you want to attach to it, if it is just an appreciation for these transcendent values mm-hmm. that we know when followed will result in a better respect- for all people everywhere. Human flourishing. And not just Americans, but yes. broadly speaking. I mean, right. the yes. whole point of the Declaration of Independence is not that all Americans were created by God and equal, in this respect, but that all everywhere. That's right. Not just Americans. It was a human
0: declaration.
1: Yeah, but Native Americans were... Yeah. Or, whatever you want to call them at that the point the french the, the africans African, the, Indian, the the Indies. the chinese the middle eastern yeah. people the europeans even the, the even Prussians. even the prussians <laughs> <Even, laughs> <even, laughs> yeah. if all of them are equal in this respect and this and that is equal before god okay then that's something to be celebrated yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. but, but the moment that you exit from that into because i believe this you know what it enables me to initiate force against other people mm-hmm. right then we have a problem mm-hmm. so the so question what? is where does one end and the other begin right. if it ends at one point and the next point of entry of aggression is nationalism then we are anti-nationalists to the core
2: yeah
1: does that make sense because yeah. that's where, yeah. where
2: that's yeah. where I yeah. am going I'm going to die on that hill I guess and and this is again difficult thread to needle, because the last thing I want to do is sound, come across as as if I'm speaking with a hubris Mm -hmm. or with some kind of pride or arrogance. But I guess my instinct, when I read things in the Bible, like you cannot serve two masters and to flee from evil, because I think the dichotomy you're sort of referencing there, to me, represents a bit of a slippery slope. And just what I see in front of my eyes and my upbringing is people lubing themselves up and jumping down that slippery slope as fast as they can. Yeah, (laughs) It's just that my aversion is, you know what? My nation is, and my identity is as a child of God. And the kingdom I serve is the kingdom of God. Yep. And to add America into that, I just, I cannot find room in my heart to do that. And again, I don't want to say that with a sort of like, and I have to check myself to not fall into like, I don't want to, have it come off as if the people who find appreciation in the history of America, in things that the imagery and history of America seem to represent in terms of the development of certain philosophical ideas, I can see things there that are worth respecting. But in terms of a matter of identity and in terms of what do I participate in, I just can't find it in me to to behave in the sort of, like, American patriotic way that a lot of conservatives do. And well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I don't end, either. That's sort of the patriotic observances. That's where I'm going. Patriotic observances
1: are not where that really, I think, comes into play. These are more about the ideals that we
2: hold and whether that is, like, if that falls into, you so know... this If America... I'm sorry <laughs> to cut you off. But if America I, was viewed as less of a end but rather a means to an end. Mm -hmm. And the pride in America was not so much to celebrate America, but to celebrate the freedom to glorify Christ and his kingdom. That Mm -hmm. is an American exceptionalism I can get behind.
0: I will say this, though, and, and let's at least take this for a, or at least not for granted. One of the ideals, though, of American exceptionalism is those patriotic observances would even say it is your patriotic observance to not observe those patriotic <laughs> observances.
2: Wow. Okay, that was extra that, ambiguously that, deep.
0: That was extra Jeffersonian
2: there. Well, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick did nothing wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but truly, I, I, I think that's think- where <laughs> that's where even the exceptionalism <laughs> that we can that we can talk about goes in is that. The beauty about America, and this is why I appreciate it about Penn and Teller, but that the beauty of America is that it says, yeah, if you want to observe this is a great country, great, it's your duty. If you don't, great, that's your duty too. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a very unique historical position. Yeah. But let's not forget, though, also as believers and understand that we together as a band of brothers, Christ and his church will someday stand at the gravesite of America. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and, and even though we might have love for the ideals, those ideals are still are rooted. Subservient. At, those ideals are still right. rooted, though, and subservient to Christ and his kingdom.
2: Yeah. But you said it differently than I said it, but that's exactly yeah. what I'm getting at. I was like, if there are means to an end, $2 and, the end words. <laughs> and the end is the kingdom of God. Yeah. And the kingdom of God isn't just a euphemism for Trump. Oh, <laughs> oh Which, wow. that's a, what we made. All this
0: glass <laughs> and you I'm the best. You <laughs> the know, I have the best words. The best two dollars. I'm, <laughs> I'm the best libertarian president ever.
1: I like hearing you say it that way because at the end of the day, there is going to be an end to America. Where will we? As it will be with Where's all empires. As it will be. As it will be. And if you, you know, let's say you stand before the master and you say, "Well, who did get it right?"
0: Yeah. Matt Bell. America isn't oh, going to be sorry. the
1: only one that got something right. Yeah. Because there are other countries that honor the freedoms I, that we I, think are good. Right. Hey, like, there's that Venn diagram. Vend- I Vend- will
0: live and Vend- die Vend- no no say- and say, except us. I will live and die and say, thank God for British common law. Like, oh, that was a giant leap yeah, forward in humankind. So, yes. Anyhow, that. So, I don't know if we answered the question.
1: But we certainly talked a lot about we did around talk it. A
2: lot. <laughs> What's what <the laughs> podcasts are about. You just try. you just crack. talk
1: about the question, just and not answer, answer it. Answer well, you right. take you
2: take one. it really be five minutes of content and did stretch I, it over an hour. That's the idea. That's right? how we hook you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> with the promise, of, with the promise of rhetoric, and only end up empty. So, how about this? How about we? How about we each make a commitment?
0: Yes. Oh, over no. the next year get out the knife and start cutting solve all
1: the problems that people have about americanism and libertarianism okay in our respective podcasts matt you're going to make sure that coverage of the news is is uh, as
0: brief and as witty as possible as
1: brief as witty as possible norm you're going to offer succinct answers on your face seeking freedom podcast indeed for people who are going to ask us about but what about my police (laughs) actually we already actually we did already we already did that and Dick Clark will have already answered uh, also as well on on my podcast.
0: And And Jacob, you're going to talk about
1: the kingdoms of this world versus the kingdoms, the kingdom kingdom of God. God. We're going to talk about all kinds of things on your, on the biblical anarchy podcast. We're going to answer a lot of questions just through creating great content, through providing more information about what's going on in the scriptures, what's going on in Christian theology, what's going on in the world. I don't know. I'm really excited about the next.
0: This year, if this year is going to be no. Nope. It's, it's going to be off the
1: chain. Really so, and here is uh, what I, I can't wait for: like at least three things. One, guest appearances on Matt's podcast. Oh, because yeah. I think it's going to be hilarious when we figure out how to do that effectively. I can't wait for Jacob to begin discovering who David Lipscomb is, <laughs> uh, because Ooh. he is going to he is going to have his world completely rocked. By a nineteenth-century weirdo preacher, nah. That he didn't a know. Weirdo, man, he's really he's based.
0: No, he's pretty based. Oh, he's based, but he's kind of a weirdo. Okay, uh, he came against the goats. Hey, I'll agree. we could
2: have a David Lipscomb podcast.
0: Lipscomb <laughs> uh, honorary
1: podcast. Yeah, there we, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, what's your third uh, thing? Well, I can't wait for the strange guest appearances or hostings that I will do on the Libertarian Christian podcast too. <laughs> Just, I've got some weird ones planned.
0: <laughs> ah, yes. Hopefully it just grows and grows and gets bigger and bigger and influences is, is there. Yeah.
1: but yeah. Um, We're ready to go. Well, it. we are now in the follow-up episode or two beyond the announcement for the Christians for Liberty Network. And we know a lot of people who listen to our podcast love listening to podcasts. And so we need more supports, And that does require your money. money. You so- can listen for free. And... Live and we a, love you for it. Or you can donate, live a guilt-free life <laughs> that you are paying for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that you are paying for high-quality content. Even though they don't have to. I, so I'm looking at a If God's you want the
0: podcast needs to be refilled to, here, you, yeah, are we, are need we out? To, right, well, I'm about to finish it off. If you don't
2: want it anymore, we're gonna fill, we'll, we'll talk I'm about missing, that off air. Listen, if you want the podcasts that truly bless you, contributing the money is the only way to really.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Very good. But
0: we just like, that. Mic- I mean,
2: we are estimating
1: right now. I think that just off the cuff we need to probably triple our
3: budget <laughs> in 2023. <Yeah. laughs> so,
1: it's it's, it's so not so quite hard. that bad, but it feels that bad. It feels that no, no, bad. No, I shouldn't say that bad. It's, it's not, not the word. bad. No. Actually, it's a high-quality problem. It is a, a very high-quality cool. yeah. problem. The beauty, is, the beauty of it is that what this goes to is an expansion of a mission and a vision that we've had for years, and Amen. that it is now ready to go. Amen. Yeah. No, it's super exciting. Yeah. I'm so
2: glad to be part of this. It's a combined effort. I think our common goal is that like, we see such a connection between what we see in the scriptures, what we see in the history of God's people, whether it was Israel, whether it's the church and libertarian philosophy and ethics. And we know that the church should be that voice in the wilderness pointing towards the kingdom of God and pointing towards just really trying to get back to The simplicity of what Jesus taught and love your neighbor and love your enemy, live at peace with all as much as it depends on you. And the church should be that voice speaking up against the tyranny of this world louder than anyone else. And I think that we're all committed towards trying to push the church closer to that point. Cheers
1: to that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. We'll let the rookie podcast host to our <laughs> network.
0: <laughs> Have the final the word? Last word. The yeah. former Bernie Brown. Very good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. You're well, awesome. if any of you ever want to join us for these campfires, you need to move to Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and oh, you will man. be able to join us or fly I to Lancaster. That's to a fly dig for Ed, me. <laughs> no, no, because you made it here. That's yeah. true. That's true. Within not even within
2: 24 hours
1: of our yeah. amazing amazing. So yeah. It is. Uh, Yeah, we did it. It certainly is. is. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We will see you at the next episode.